Good morning. What a wonderful day to be in the Word. I want to share with you today on uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. And it has to do with the faith of Moses. When you think of Moses, he is, he is the antithesis, meaning, antithesis means the difference between bad and good is the opposite of what you're trying to say. It is a, a, a deal, a, something that to people used to in, in terms of discourse, in terms of rhetoric. You compare one thing to the other and they're the opposite. And so, and you look at the life of Moses. I'll begin on verse 24. By Moses, by faith, Moses, when he was come up to eight years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why would... Why, what was happening to Moses in his mind? A palace, food, provision. And yet, he didn't think that he should rejoice on being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The Pharaoh had a daughter. And he was called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He reached the age of 40, and he began to make decisions. If you look at uh, that type of scripture... It really, really, really blesses you when when you uh, begin to deal with that. For instance, let me let me say say this: He was born in a hut and lived in a palace. He inherited poverty. His mother was a slave and enjoyed unlimited wealth. He was a leader of the armies. You know, according to Targum's writings of the Jewish. Uh, Moses was the, the general that governed the armies of, of Pharaoh. Leader of armies, and now he's a keeper of the flocks. He was the mightiest warrior, the meekest of men. He was educated in the court of Egypt, and yet dwelt in the desert. He had the wisdom of Egypt in the faith of a child. He was fitted for the city and wandered in the desert. And I said this morning that he lived in the sumptuous palace. He slept on the best cotton of the world, the cotton of Egypt, and sumptuous, beautiful rooms and meals to, to a king, servants everywhere treating him well. And suddenly he chooses to, to go with the afflicted Israelites and live in the Median Desert. So, that's where we are today. And I want to ask you, uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hebrews 11:25. What do you think of that, Andy? Well, when I think of, of Moses making the decision, the one thing I think of more than anything else is that uh, he had a different direction that he wanted to go, and the 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 material goods and the way that the Egyptians were doing what they were doing didn't appeal to him. That that's one of the things that I think of. Okay, uh, Jason, the idea of of being exposed to affliction is uninviting. Nobody wants pain. Nobody wants conflict. But the greatest victories in life begin out of affliction. 
Say say you? Yeah. Um Corinthians uh says Paul says that uh all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Yes. And Moses was was called. Yes. For God's really yes. very specific purpose. Yes. Which uh gave him a hope to endure a lot of trials and a lot of pain. Yes. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Rick, also I was going to say uh Jesus spoke specifically to this in the Mark Mark uh chapter 4. Matthew 13 and Luke 8, when he talked about the parable of the sower, and he gave us a picture of spiritual conflict. He said, the sower sows the word, and Satan comes immediately, and he uses affliction to do that. So I think there's a, uh, uh, and, and if we go on and look in Matthew 13, Jesus refers back to people in the Old Testament that fought these battles, but they didn't really understand the spiritual warfare concept. Okay, so so what I'm saying is is that, Conflict, pain, is something that every Christian will experience. And as they strive to please God, the Lord gives strength. So the base of faith, and to believe by faith, it is a conflict. Because you have to choose God. You have to choose the cross. You have to choose to serve. And there's nothing there uh, glorious or 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 beautiful but 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 there's peace there's peace so going toward what you don't want but is of god brings peace but to make decisions on anger bitterness resentment unforgiveness it kills faith and god can't bless that good okay let's go to our verse 26 steaming the reproach of christ greater than the Riches than the treasures of Egypt. The reproach of Christ. Uh, have you ever experienced suffering for Christ? Suffering for God? Suffering for Jesus? Andy? Not like, not like they do in the Bible, no. no. Because we can't simply just subsist about those things. Okay, John, what do you think about that? You know, one of the things you said just a minute ago is you make a choice for God. Um, and I really appreciate that because I've met a lot of Christians who uh, sort of glory in their sufferings in a way that they sort of invite suffering, you know. And that's not what we're doing. We're making a choice to follow God, and that probably means that we're going to endure some suffering. But we're not really making a choice to suffer just for suffering's sake. We're making a choice to follow God. Yes, life you know. brings situations yeah. where yeah. you you, you, you go through because of your convictions. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so you're going to have to decide in that moment. I mean, I think about our, our friend, and uh, we have a good friend over in Marietta who uh, had to put his career and his reputation and everything that he's been working for to follow God and his call. He had to make a decision about if he was going to stand for his convictions or was he going to uh, compromise his convictions to retain his reputation. And God is vindicating him. We're seeing that right before our eyes right now. And so that's an inspiration to all of us. Yes. Uh, uh, verse 26, 
esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now, Moses had the respect unto the recompense of the reward. He, he didn't know where he was going. He couldn't see the future. But he felt like to have a whole nation slave for 400 years. Something was wrong. Would you say that, uh, who was the president of the United States that felt the same? Lincoln. Oh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. He saw that, uh, that, that, that the United States, the, the nation was divided. The South was vehemently opposed to the idea of letting the slaves go from their mm-hmm. cotton fields, cheap labor. And he felt like they were oppressed, persecuted, hung, killed on, on, on sight. And he felt like that was wrong. And so he took a decision. I would say our decision of, of today is total, is surrounding abortion. Yes, you it know, is. That, it that's, is. That's our decision today as Christians that we yeah. have to face. You know, I looked at the price of gas as a way not to get to protest. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, can God use Biden, President Biden, to move against... Uh, uh, against abortion. Yes, you can. God can talk to you through the mouth of a donkey. Hallelujah. Did you you just say President Biden is a donkey? No, I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm saying that God can actually use him to act against against uh, against abortion. So that's in a way though in a way though Johnny is because that's the that's the the uh, party. Yes. In other words, we pray for President Biden that he will govern this nation well. We might not agree with him, but he is our president, and we do respect that. So let's move to verse 27. Uh, John uh, or, or Andy, be fine. It's, it's uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Okay. Uh, I want to go to... Uh, I want to go to uh, to to Exodus chapter uh, Exodus chapter two verse fifteen. Chapter two uh, verse fifteen. It says this. Now, when Pharaoh had heard these things, he sought to kill Moses. There's a historian called Josephus. And Josephus said that the Egyptians from the throne down were envious of Moses and partly afraid of him. I would be afraid of someone with conviction. You see, when you see someone making a decision for that which is righteous in the eyes of God and for that which is righteous in their eyes, the opposition began to fear them because there's right, righteousness speaks greater then unrighteousness. So the people who are against abortion in the United States have a greater voice than those who are protesting in the middle of the streets, especially uh, uh, against Christian churches. By the way, someone went into a Presbyterian church somewhere this weekend and killed ten people. And I want you to know that that is of the devil. Amen. That is not of God. That's right. 
You don't go into a church and kill people because you defer from their beliefs. That is anti-American. That is just anti-balance and reason. And so, uh, from the throne down, they were envious. They thought, due to his great success in defeating the Ethiopian, Moses was a general in the Egyptian army, well respected, that he might take advantage of his good fortune and try to subvert their governments. So Moses, in his righteousness, scared the Egyptians. So Moses, in defending the Hebrew, killed an Egyptian. This was a proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. It was. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh, dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. The life of Moses is filled with antithesis. God takes him from Egypt, puts him in a desert, in, in a well uh, in the Median desert, the house of Jethro, in order to find a way to remove his people from Egypt after 400 years of captivity. Think about that, that dancing, that <coughs> logistics. Just so impressive. Meaning, God took me out of Brazil into, uh, into Hollywood, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Madison, Florida, Florida, Florida State, you know, Fort, uh, what is the Florida State located at? Tallahassee. Tallahassee, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, and gave me a ministry to explain what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and you say, Rick, have you been successful? Oh, yes, we have. Oh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people from the North Georgia area have been filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of tongues. They have been blessed of God abundantly. And by the way, I'm taking these notes from Jim, Jim Swagger's Bible. If you don't have one, you need to get it. It's called, it's called a, uh, let me read to you so you can get a Bible like that. It will bless your socks off. Amen. This is an Expositor's Study Bible. The minister, Jim Swagger, brought this Bible to us. And the commentaries that I've been reading today come from that Bible. Now, let me ask Jason. Are you sure, Jason, positively sure, that you have no conflict whatsoever like Moses had? Um, I had a lot of conflict. Well, tell me about my, it. Um, well, I have been fired from ministry jobs. Yeah. Because I knew the pastor was living in sin. Yeah. And uh, so he took me before board and cut me out. Right. I've, uh, been uh, I've been uh, turned down ministry jobs because I had a little too much Holy Spirit. Yes. And the other person was just a little more academic. Right. Um, and a lot of other things in my life. But I have a promise that I have a call. Yes, you do. Which is Yes, which is you do. Not only do you have a call, but it has been displayed and proven in all kinds of areas. All kinds of areas. So it doesn't matter if, uh, if you had a, had a conflict, one or two, or killed an Egyptian. <laughs> okay. Uh, God is in your side. And He'll reward you. And He'll bless you. He'll provide for you. The provision of God is a mark 
of his approval. God never provides when there's no approval. And I believe that uh, the Lord has you in mind, you and your family. And uh, so let's let's go to uh, verse 28 in Hebrews 11, 28. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Okay. Let's go to Exodus 12, 22. Twelve twenty-two. See who can find it first. Amen. I got it. Go ahead. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. Mm. That's Exodus twelve twenty-two. Twenty-two. I like for. Jason to find First Peter two twenty four. So hyssop here is connect. It's not connected to the lamb, to the blood of Jesus, not of Christ, but of the sinner's appropriation of the sacrifice of Christ. In other words. What happened was that when they put that blood on the doorposts of their homes, as the angel of death would come, according to God speaking to Moses, and this night at midnight the angel of death will pass over Egypt. Mm -hmm. In those homes that have no blood on the doorpost, that blood on the doorpost comes from, not from Christ, but for the sinner's, appropriation of the sacrifice of Jesus is reaching toward the death of Christ way up years of years later thousands of years later the blood of Christ spoke to the Egyptian against the spirit of death you see that's the definition of faith when God gave the law and instituted grace upon upon the lives of his people it's speaking about the life of... So everything, when, when the sacrificial system, one year after they had left Egypt in the Median Desert, one of the first thing they did was to create a system of appropriation of the blood of Christ that hadn't happened yet. But the mention of it in the Old Testament is power to renew, to strength, is the evidence of faith. Faith comes out when you have nothing to hang on. But depend totally on God. So, uh, what is First First Peter two twenty four, John, Jason? One twenty four, two twenty four. Two twenty four. Two twenty four. First Peter two twenty four says, "This is referring to Jesus, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin." should live unto righteousness, yes. by whose stripes you were healed. Yes. What Peter, what Peter is saying is that uh, the death angel was not to come through, uh, was to come through at night. Mm -hmm. And it, they sh should stay. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. Meaning that the death angel would be 
active all night long. So what prevented the angel to touch the, 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 the Hebrew people, the, Hebrew, the firstborn of the Hebrew people, was faith in a God who would send His Son to save the world. Mm-hmm. And so, for the Lord will pass through the smite, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. So when you say the spirit of death, it's not, it's really the Lord. The Lord moving in the, and, and when He sees the blood upon the lintel, and on the two door posts, the Lord will pass over the door, will not suffer the destroyer to come, it until your house to until uh, unto your house to smite. The word destroy here implies the fact that the Lord sent an angel to carry out his task. Mm-hmm. Andy, let me ask you this. The sacrificial system then is to, is God teaching the 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 people of Egypt, the the Israelites, that there's something that he does upon us. Because the men would bring a lamb. The priests would not even look to, to the sinner, the man. They looked to the lamb. If the lamb was perfect, then we'd deal with the man. If the lamb was imperfect, they wouldn't deal with the man. They had to go and get another animal. So the sanctity of, the, of Christ, the holiness of Christ, the purity of Christ in the Old Testament <clears throat> spoke powerfully to the people of it. God instituted this. God instituted this system saying, don't even look at the man until you look at the gift. Now Jesus represents the lamb, the animal. And he's pure. So if today you put your trust on Jesus Christ in his purity, his sanctity, his holiness, his mighty power, you are forgiven of your sins. If we confess our sins, he's just and faithful to forgive our sins. So, how do you see, uh, Andy, how do you see the Egyptians just, just after being leaving Egypt to experience the hyssop with blood of the lamb, the little lamb, without spot? How does that fit in your mind? Well, when I, when the first thing, the whole Passover, we know that, um, the, the new covenant, the sacrifice that Jesus did, is sufficient for a one-time sacrifice. And as we look back, uh, I think the Egyptians, because when they started screaming when their kids were dying, the firstborn in their houses were dying, they see something going on with the Israelites. And I don't think they had any idea what it was. And when I, see the, when I think of the Passover... That is the first message that I get. Now, maybe other people are different, but that's the first message I get where you can go, hey, this God of, of the Israelites, this is something that we've not seen before. That, that's just my, that is a triggering point for me. I'm sitting there looking at that and going, wow, the blood from that lamb on my doorpost protected my family and these people it did not. Okay, now, to, 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 to the benefit of those that are viewing us in several nations this morning, uh, about 18, 20, 20 cities throughout the United States. Uh, so there's a lot of people listening to this right now. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, Jason. Uh, when did the Passover take place? In Egypt or when they left Egypt? Um, the Passover, well, it was a 
transient thing, but it what most it took took place when they were in Egypt. They in ate Egypt. a meal, they put the blood okay. there. Okay, and so second, what caught my attention is that they talk about John about the doorpost. Mm-hmm. I thought they lived in tents. <laughs> well, they they were there for four hundred years, you know, so they probably had sort Structures. of like a community of, of, of mud huts and, you know, things like that. Something a little more permanent than just, you know, okay. teepees or something like that. So now, Andy, you're telling me that Passover means that the spirit of the angel of death would pass over the Egypt area. And God would take the firstborn of the Egyptian or the Jewish. But the Jewish could be exempt if they had blood. Are you telling me that the Passover is the first experience that God had with His people introducing the blood of Christ? Um, I'm not going to say that because I'd have to go back and specifically look at, go back and look a little bit because I think when Abraham, uh, when Abraham got, you know, the um, ram was split there, I think that certainly signifies yeah. the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah. But... From my perspective, when I see the the, the Passover, um, that just grabs my attention because I'm going, my neighbor's kid died and their animal, their first animal died. I didn't, and it was that blood on the post that did the trick. That's okay. that's just my view. Okay, John, go ahead. Well, uh, what I'm asking is this: Is Passover the first? Movement from God to His people, the Jewish people, in Egypt, under captivity, to announce the suffering of Christ. To the to the people as a whole, I would say yes. Now, I would agree with Andy that it's not the first uh, type yeah. of Christ or or precursor to the cross. Yeah, when when, but, when Adam was know, giving Adam a, a skin of an animal to cover right, himself instead of Cain doing the vegetables. Right, we saw it there, and then. Uh, we saw Abraham do it. We saw uh, we saw Abraham. Noah. We saw Noah do it after after the flood. We saw Abraham take his son Isaac. Yes. And then God provide the sacrificial lamb. Yes. So we saw before this, but as the nation, the nation as a whole, yes, this is yes. the first time. So the nation as a whole, for the first time in the history of the world, God showed the Israelites how the cross looks like. The presence of blood. People don't like like to talk about blood, but the, the life of the flesh is in the blood. blood. In the blood. And so when God spoke to the Jewish nation and said, You guys been in captivity for four hundred years. You suffer so much. You carry the weight, the burden of of, of of rebellion against you and, and I'm trying to teach you that it takes you got to break up. And he finally did. Out of two million people, all died as they finished the 40 years in the Midian Desert. Who survived? The house of Joshua and the house of Caleb. Caleb. Only, only the two families survived. And so what I'm saying to you is, uh, is, is that the Passover is a grace extended to the Jewish nation. The two million people who lived in Egypt and were slaves to the Pharaoh. Okay, mm-hmm. so, uh, John, uh, uh, Andy, let, let me have you have the last word here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll read it to you, this. Through faith, through faith, he kept Passover in the sprinkling of blood. 
least he, sh- he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Every Israelite's house was safe that night because the blood being applied on the doorpost, a type of Christ, blood of Christ applied to our hearts, which stops the judgment of God. The blood of Jesus means if you believe that he died on the cross, ascended into heaven, going to the right hand of God. If you believe that he is your Savior, he forgives sins. If you confess your sins, then you do not have the judgment of God. Is that right? Go ahead. Yes, uh, Romans, very clear about that, that if uh, you confess Jesus as Lord and acknowledge that he was raised from the dead, and those things uh, are what you need to do in order to, to walk with the Lord and, and yes. be protected. Yes. Well, to those of you that have been listening, I want to say thank you. And by the way, uh, remember that this ministry is headed toward Brazil on June 1st to the 12th. We also are going to Peru on September the 9th through the 20th. And then we also are headed to Cuba on October uh, the 1st uh, through the 9th. And then we are going also to the seven churches of Revelation, which will happen in the second week of February 2023. Pray for John and Jason as they head to Athens, Greece this coming Saturday. This is Rick Bonfin from RBM. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Brilha a luz que nunca